Hey everybody, this is Adam with NCAN. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, but before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a social media challenge we're launching this weekend called the Crush Can Challenge. As you may know, CAN is an acronym for Child Abuse and Neglect, and to spread awareness about why it needs to end, we're crushing cans on social media. We'll be launching on Sunday, September 27th because it's National Crush a Can Day, and yes, that is a real thing. Uh, follow us on social media or visit our website to learn more. We can't wait to see your can crushing videos, and more importantly, we can't wait to actually crush can with you. Now, back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. Hi there. Uh, I'm Dick Krugman. I am the chair of the board of the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Uh, And today on our podcast, where we're trying to continue our conversations uh, around child abuse and neglect so we can all be louder than silence, I'm going to talk about gaze aversion. Uh, Let me spell that. So there's no confusion, G-A-Z-E, aversion, A-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. That's a term that was actually coined by a British psychiatrist by the name of Christopher Ounsted in the 1960s and 70s. It originally was used uh, to describe the behavior of children with autism who would never want to look anyone directly in the eye. And uh, they would turn or avert their gaze uh, to avoid uh, eye contact with strangers or any other individuals. In the 1970s, Ounsted used the term to describe the behavior of professionals who didn't want to see or recognize child abuse and neglect. In a previous podcast, you may have, uh, I talked some about the history uh, of child abuse and neglect, which has been going on a long, long, long time, millennia. Uh, But in the 1960s, uh, Dr. C. Henry Kemp uh, wrote a paper called The Battered Child Syndrome, and really brought this country and Europe, the United Kingdom, the world's uh, attention back to the problem of child abuse. And he's the one who started all the mandatory reporting laws, uh, got every legislature in the United States to pass one. And the key to dealing with child abuse was uh, to recognize signs, uh, and if one suspected it, then one needed to report it under the law. Uh, Lots of people uh, turned away from this. And so gaze aversion is something that has been prevalent for quite some time. 
those of us who work in the field of abuse and neglect have experienced the phenomenon over the years of being at a party or an event and talking with people in the lobby, maybe uh, at intermission at a symphony or a play. Uh, and people say, oh, what do you do? And uh, I say, well, I'm a pediatrician who does child abuse work. Uh, and they go, oh, that must be horrible. And they sort of turn away. Um, actually, uh, it, it isn't horrible. It's uh, one of the most interesting areas I've ever worked in. And I've worked in a lot of areas in pediatrics. Uh, but what is very clear uh, is if we are going to be able to eliminate child abuse in our lifetime, as is our foundation's goal, uh, then we're going to need to do everything we can to stop gaze aversion. Now, let me give you some examples of uh, what gaze aversion is uh, and how it's existed over the years. If you happen to listen to the podcast where I described the first case I ever dealt with in 1968, that was a case where uh, a baby had been seen by 27 professionals over the course of the baby's five months life, five month life, and 25 of the 27 missed what are now to us obvious signs uh, of abuse. Uh, by his mother. Uh, that gaze aversion is very prevalent when it comes to identifying individual cases. But one of the things that we found, and by we now I mean Lori Poland uh, and I, uh, who co-founded this organization, uh, we found as we went around the country in 2017, visiting with other foundations, that gaze aversion was not just something that was present in individuals, but it was actually present in organizations or entire uh, professional fields. Let me give you an example. We've known for years that uh, depression and suicidal behavior uh, are what, two of the outcomes for children who've been abused, who survive it, and who go on uh, during adolescence and adulthood to live their lives. But they may have periods of depression, or they may have problems with suicidal thought, or even attempting suicide. As we visited national foundations that were addressing mental health and suicide, nowhere on their websites were the words child abuse and neglect even mentioned. So for example, and we are now good friends with this group and we're working with them so that uh, this kind of gaze aversion can stop, uh, the American Suicide Prevention Foundation has been giving $30 million of grants a year for the last 20 years, and they've never given a single grant on the relationship of physical or sexual or emotional abuse of children to later suicidal behavior. Now, we know that exists. 
I know it exists because I had a 14-year-old patient in 1969 who attempted suicide. And 25 years later, she stopped me at the airport to thank me for convincing her uh, to get some help, which kept her from committing suicide again. Uh, but interestingly, for 20 years, uh, the help she got was superficial in the sense that no one ever asked her what the direct cause of her suicidal behavior was, which was that her stepfather was sexually abusing her every night when she was at home. So when she was 14, her only way out was to take phenobarbital and aspirin and a big overdose, and she nearly killed herself. Now, when we chatted with people about how come you've never funded, the response was actually interesting, and that is that nobody's applied. That illustrates another example of gaze aversion, uh, which has been practiced at the National Institutes of Health, which is the major fundraising organization uh, that funds most of the biomedical research in the United States. NIH uh, has been funding research for 50 plus years. In 1968, it was about $100 million a year total. It's now over $40 billion a year. But the amount of research that's done on child abuse is less than one-tenth of one percent of that budget, even though we know at least a third of women and a sixth of men have experienced sexual abuse by the time they're adults, and the prevalence of physical and emotional abuse is far greater than that. But NIH has always viewed child abuse and neglect as a social issue. It's our view at the National Foundation to end child abuse and neglect, and can for short, uh, that child abuse is just as much a health, mental health, and public health issue as it is a social and legal issue. And our job is to try to make as much progress in this area uh, as we have in other areas. To do that, we're going to have to stop gaze aversion. We're going to have to address the problem head on. We're going to have to use the words. Uh, Calling, calling a child who has been severely physically abused or a child who's been involved in sexual abuse, either inside or outside the family for many years, a victim of trauma or a victim of adverse childhood experiences is simply not enough. We have to look at it precisely and start doing the work to let us know what what are the outcomes for children who've been physically abused? What are the outcomes for children who've been sexually abused? How can we predict of those who've been abused who are going to be the survivors and thrivers of the next generation, like Lori and hundreds of thousands of others uh, uh, in this country? Or who are going to take the path to be a predator, uh, and repeat the cycle of abuse uh, that happens so often 
in our society. Addressing abuse and neglect as this kind of health, mental health, and public health issue uh, is critically important if we're going to end child abuse in our lifetime. And my view is that we just have to stop the gay's aversion, be louder than silence, and make it possible for all those who have buried uh, the pain and the stigma of being abused as children, giving them the opportunity to recognize that it wasn't their fault and they can have a wonderful life, but not if we never talk about it. We've just got to look at it and talk about it. I'm Dick Krugman, and that's the end of this little conversation on gays aversion. Go to our website, endcan.org, if you need more information. I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about EndCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have. If you have a question or you know someone who would want to be a guest on our podcast, please contact be the change at endcan.org. Thanks again and have a great day.